You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Welcome to the 1865 Match Report. Forest secured their first points of the championship season, a 1-1 draw at Derby County in the East Midlands Derby, relieving some of the pressure on manager Chris Hewton. Forrest came from behind at Pride Park to get their points after Tom Lawrence had scored for Derby on 11 minutes, latching on to a long ball through from Craig Forsyth and firing beyond Samba. And in the second half, Forrest improved and got the goal with seven minutes left on the clock. Brennan Johnson rifling home a shot past Kellaroos after Derby failed to deal with Gaetan Bong's cross from the left-hand side. So 1-1 it finished and on the balance of play, on the balance of the game, I think Forrest can be pretty happy with the points, especially coming from behind to secure it. We're joined by Corey and Jason from the Rams Review podcast to reflect on the game. First of all, guys, welcome and thank you for joining us. Steve, no it's problem. our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'll start with you first then, Corey. Just how were you feeling after that result? And did you feel that 1-1 was fair given the balance of play and, and how the game went? Yeah, 1-1 was definitely fair um, on the balance of play. I think Derby played really well in the first half. I think that was allowed a little bit by the way Nottingham Forest played, um, sitting off of him and everything like that. Obviously, Chris Uton went into the into the break, made the change with Alex Mayden, and I think that kind of turned the game towards Forrest's tide. And, and the f- second 45 was very much Forrest obviously punctuated by Brennan Johnson's goal in the second half and Tom Lawrence's goal in the first half. Um, but on the balance of play, I think it's a fair result. I don't think as a, as a Derby supporter sitting here, I can, I can be upset and angry about the result. I mean, obviously I would have expected Derby to go out there to get three points at home, especially with the way they were playing at up till halftime. I was sitting there thinking, yeah, you know, this, this is really good. Um, but Derby didn't take their chances. There were some controversial calls as there always were. 
but I think when you look at it now upon reflection, the morning after, yeah, fair result. I'm, I'm relatively, I'm relatively, I wouldn't say I'm happy with it, but it's, it's a fair result for, for the game. Um, and, you know, luckily Darby for me got a point out of it. So that's, that's the, that's the, the big key for me. Yeah. I think everybody can be equally as satisfied with the point. Jason, what did you expect before the game? Did it go as how you might have thought it would have done with the way Darby and Forrest performed or did you, did you expect something a bit different maybe from either team? I think I uh, strangely predicted that I was expecting quite a, quite a good game of football. I, I don't know. Did it quite hit that height? I'm not for the whole 90 minutes. Probably, probably not. But I think I was surprised uh, with the way that Forrest started that first five, 10 minutes. Obviously the goal then from Derby certainly settled things down a little bit in terms of uh, the Derby's looked a bit shaky in that first five, 10 minutes. I thought, you know, Forrest obviously had, had an opportunity and probably should have uh, been playing against 10 men after five minutes. But um, yeah, it was one of those. And then Derby, you know, a, a goal in any game, the first goal in any game is important, isn't it? It's, it, it settled Derby down. It did look like Forrest retreated. Um, and it's easy to say that it, you know you look comfortable in a game, but when when all you're doing it really are playing the triangle passes, and there wasn't a great deal else from Derby going forward. In it, it, in all fairness, not masses. Um, it was it was comfortable, but it, it was made comfortable by the way that you know Forest were defending. I, I was a little bit surprised. I've obviously spoke to various different um, Forest fans over the last week or so, previewing the game and things like that, and obviously getting their opinions on the way that Forrest were playing, kind of had an idea in my head the way that they would turn up. But even still, obviously, I'm sure you would, you, would, you would know as well that, you know, there's been quite a bit of negativity going around at the moment with the way that things are. But even still, you know, you come into a Derby game, fully expected Forrest to be up for it. And luckily for Derby, I think that, that you know, the first goal did rock Forrest a little bit, did calm it made them take a step back and go right. I'm going to. We've got to. We've got to go at this in a different way, um, which, as I say, was a positive for Derby because Forrest certainly started the brighter. Um, Derby are from a Derby's perspective. You know, they they just they're just trying at the moment. They they're showing a lot of desire. They're showing a lot of battle. The end product and the end quality is not fantastic. Uh, really. Derby probably could have and should have been out of sight at half time with the chances. And they're not that team at the moment, Derby. They're not the one that can, that can score two or three. So the longer that the game went on, the more it got like, yeah, I can see what's coming here. I can see what's coming here. I can see what's coming here. And oh, there it was. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was, it panned out pretty much as as I expected. I went for a two-two draw. Um, I did actually think there'd be a, a couple more goals in it, really. But I mean, one-one. It's been one-one the last four times, hasn't it? We shouldn't shouldn't have expected much else, I suppose. Yeah, these games always have that that tendency to to cancel out. Even though I thought it was quite a frenetic game, as the as these East Midlands derbies tend to be, uh, and sometimes I don't know about you guys, you start watching them and you almost lose. You almost lose track of where you are in the game. You, all your kind of football knowledge or what you're expecting goes out the window because it's just so frenetic. Talk to me about the first goal, though, the Tom Lawrence strike. From the Forest perspective, we've looked at it and thought, well, 
Samba could do a bit better saving the shot. Gaetan Bongi allows Lawrence to go and gives him the space to take the ball down and, and score. Also, great ball from Forsyth initially to, 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 to play Lawrence through. Was that a deliberate ploy to counter and catch Forrest out quickly like that, do you think? I think the way that just that move in general, obviously Forrest were pushing, Forrest tried to have that go for that first 10 minutes or so. Um, and th- there was just that opportunity there. I mean, w- would I say that that's the way that Derby play? It's not really because we haven't really got anybody up front that have, has got a turn of pace. I mean, Lawrence obviously is not rapidly fast, but and he's not an out-and-out striker. But obviously Forsyth saw that ball. I mean, Corey, I'm sure you would agree with me, nine times out of ten, Forsyth plays that ball and it goes out of play. It, it goes nowhere near Tom Lawrence's foot. It just so happens that it, dro- it dropped perfect for him. I'll give him his credit. He held off the challenge well. I think he struck it at the right time. And I think I think the strike took Samba off, by, uh, off guard a little bit. I think he was expecting another couple of touches and firing it across him rather than going going to, uh, to his near post. But yeah, you could probably argue um, that Samba's not in the right position there. But I, I can't take too much away from Tom Lawrence and the finish. I think it's, I think it's a cracking ball. Um, and he's brought it down well. And, he, you know, he's still got a bit to do from 20 yards out to, to control it and, and get a shot away on target. And luckily for Derby, it, it nestled in the back of the net. Corey, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think that Derby had this, this tactical ploy to try to play the early ball. I saw that a lot yesterday. Um, and I guess that was because of the shaky defense that, that Forrest had. They thought maybe the defenders were a bit slow. And, and Jason's dead on. Derby doesn't necessarily have... Well, they only have two strikers, really, two senior strikers, and then the youth, yeah, the, the up-and-coming young Jack Stratton. But both of the senior strikers were out injured, so needs must. Tom Lawrence fills in as that number nine, uh, number nine, false, false nine, however you want to describe that. But I thought that his pace, the pace of Jujbiak, the pace of Sibley, the pace of Morrison, yes, they're not, you know, they're not going to win a 100-meter sprint in the Olympics, but, you know, they're probably the quicker players that Darby have. Felt like they would probably get some joy on that. And Jason's right, nine times out of ten, Craig Forsyth, that, that ball's hitting out of bounds. It's hitting the linesman. It's hitting the fans in the thing. Or it's going just, you know, out for a goal kick or to the forest fence, easy to clean up. And I think Lawrence was able to latch on to that. Good strength to hold off the defender. And I think he hit it early enough where it did surprise a Bree Samba a little bit. Um, I would suspect from a forest point of view, you know, like you said, Steve, um, you would be – forest fans would be disappointed with Bree Samba, especially at his near post, the old, you know, near post shouldn't be beaten kind of thing. And, um, but, you know, fortunately for Derby, it went in and, and you could see what it meant to, to Tomlin. You could see what it meant to the team and in a big game um, in front of fans. Tom Lawrence is, is splits the opinion of the fan base, I think, just to say the least um, for his, his well-documented issues and his time at the club. We know that he's Tom Lawrence is a talented player. The problem is he doesn't show it week in and week out. Fortunately for Derby, he showed it yesterday, how talented he was. I thought he played really well. He had a lot of the force players struggling to, to stay with him at times. Um, and Darby need more of that week in and week out, need that consistency from him. But again, this is why he's in the championship. If he can show that consistently, he wouldn't be at this level. That's it. Very impressed with the way that he performed. And he was certainly on the day one of the, the plays that caused Forrest most problems. In that first half, we had two major talking points aside from the goal. The first one being the stamp from Craig Forsyth on Philip Zinkenagel, which went unpunished. And then a little bit later on, Derby attack and Joe Worrell appeared to handle the ball in the penalty area. Nothing given for that. No penalty. 
no punishment in terms of a card. I, on the penalty, thought that we'd got away with one. It looks like Worrell moves his hand towards the ball and on another day, that's probably given and it's a penalty. As for the stamp, it did look deliberate, particularly from the second angle replay where it looks as though Forsyth looks behind him before landing his foot down on Zinkenagel, in a particularly painful spot, shall we say. Um, and there's, a, there's an argument that Forsyth might not have been on the pitch to, to play the ball through for the Tom Lawrence goal. Where did you guys see those incidents and did you think that they balanced each other out? Yeah, definitely. I think Forsyth, for me, 100% shouldn't have been on the field. Deliberate, not deliberate. It doesn't look good when you look at the replay. Like you say, he has a little bit of a look. People can argue, well, where else is he supposed to put his foot? But there's putting your foot down, they're putting your foot down with force. And I think that the replay showed that he kind of put his foot down with force. So, yes, he's very lucky to be on the field. Um, and then the handball, I agree. I think Force Force got away with one. I do think it was a handball. I've seen the replay a couple of times, Steve, before before we came on here and and obviously yesterday. Again, um, it hits Joe Worrell's it hits Joe Worrell's arm. He kind of turns it kind of into it, you know, the old I'm going to hit my chest, but it hits my arm. But it, I was my chest kind of argument. Um, and it just shows that there was uh, VAR and EFL. I think that it would be a much different outcome. Derby would have had 10 men. They also would have had a penalty. Um, but, you know, like you say, they eventually canceled each other out. So on the balance of that, you know, you can't really argue too much. But I do feel that Forest fans have, a, have an opportunity to be aggrieved with that red card and Derby fans have a reason to be aggrieved with that, with that potential penalty. Fully, fully agree. Um, as I say, didn't didn't see the uh, red card attempt, uh, the red card issue um, in real time. Uh, you you look at the replay. Uh, Forsyth's looking behind um, just before he, he puts his foot down. Now, if he is looking where to put it, then he's clearly blind because that's 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 not a free space on the uh, it's not a free space on the on the pitch. And Zinkenergel's taken one there um, for the team by the looks of it. Yeah, I'd be. I'd be really disappointed if that was the other way around and it wasn't given. So yeah, you have to say it's a stamp, stamp, not so much. I mean, it's definitely a, a tread, um, but anything like that. Yeah. It's it's in the wrong area as well. It's not pretty, not what you want to see. Um, you, know, you, you, I suppose you do want to see that little bit of battle and that little bit of competitiveness in the game. And, you know, there's always going to be an odd elbow here and a, and a, and a tread here and a, and a, you know, touch of the, the studs there it, that that's football but that to me looks deliberate uh so you know naughty boy craig Forsyth, derby got away with one and yeah the penalty again in real time it looked conclusive um in a replay it looks even more conclusive for me he, he definitely turns his body towards it i mean it, it, it's his arm it's, it's as simple as that I, i'm surprised that's not been given just another uh, EFL refereeing decision that Derby County can bemoan uh, at the moment. It, it would have been a big talking point, obviously not too long. You know, you're already one nil up. That second goal could well have wiped Forrest out, uh, and it, it would have pr- probably put a completely different complexion on that game. And uh, you know, it would have seen would have seen Derby possibly even go on and, and score more. But at the end of the day, you know, these these decisions didn't get given and. They say that they even themselves out over the season. Well, I know that you know we're owed a few. I know that, so I'd be interested to see when they come. But yeah, I look at it from both perspectives. You know, if if we was to give that away and it wasn't given, like you said yourself, Steve, I think you have to look at it and go, yeah, got away with one there. I think Forrest did. So you know, I like to look at those decisions in both ways. 
and certainly with the sending off in you know either camp, I think you've got to look at that and go, sorry, yeah, that's that, that's an absolute red card all day long. Yeah, and I think you've touched on it there as well. The standard sometimes of the officiating at the championship and EFL level, it's it does leave you scratching your head sometimes. I know Forrest have been on the receiving end of some some strange ones over the years and I think that's just something we're going to have to put up with. I mean, it certainly does give us plenty to talk about. Derby went in at half-time 1-0 ahead. Uh, I'd imagine pretty pleased with how the game was going at that point. Forrest came back into it in the second half. A couple of changes were made. So, João Carvalho came off. Alex Maiton came on at half-time. And then midway through the second half, Lewis Graben came on for Ryan Yates. And Forrest went with the two strikers, Lyle Taylor and Lewis Graben up top. Uh, there was a mix of chances between both teams. Forrest obviously had that one with Lyle Taylor in the first half where a mistake from Roos allowed him to have that shot, which in the end he rolled at the goalkeeper where Roos was off his line. All he had to do was chip it over him and, and go for that long attempt. And in the end he did, he just rolled it, rolled it at the goalkeeper and that chance was gone. Lawrence as well had two opportunities where he forced a save from Samba, but the, the Forest goalkeeper, this tendency he's got at the moment of palming the ball down into the danger area where the strikers can be in front of goal and where there could be potential for, for easy tappings. But then the big chance as well before Forrest scored second half, how Scott McKenna got something on that one is beyond me. I was expecting the net to bulge and that's three points for Derby. Yeah, obviously the oppo- that that chance was the opposite end to where I sit. But as soon as the ball comes across and you see that Stretton's he's he's, pre- he's on his own. I mean, obviously McKenna's a couple of yards away from him, and we're we're fully expecting expecting the net to ripple. And then you know you see the North stand with the hands on the heads that it it's gone wide, and th- then you see that the referee has um, obviously pointed for the corner. And then obviously when you look at it on a replay, I- I've still I've still not seen a good enough replay of it yet to see how McKenna does get anything on it. Um, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a scuff shot from Jack. Unfortunately, really, it's it's going away. Puts that on target. It's it's not properly on target for me. If he puts that properly on target, you know, I think I think Derby are two 0 up, and that, as you say, that's probably game over. But yeah, I, th- I think in both, you know, th- there was a there was a couple of opportunities in in both games. Um, sorry, in both halves, and uh, you, you know, obviously, Bruce makes a. A world-class stop. I think it's fair to say it is. It is a world-class stop um, in that second half, and you know, then then for the goal, it's probably it's probably caught out. And I think you know, the, the we say that Samba was caught out for the for the for the Derby goal. I think he's made the routine saves more than anything. I think, but the, but they are smart saves, like you say. He, I think the first one uh, in the first half, I think, you know, he, he goes for the save. I don't necessarily think he needs to. I think it's going wide. I think he's dragging wide and he does push it back into that danger area. And I think it was McKenna who blocked Forsyth's shot, uh, got in got in front of it quite well. And then the second one uh, from, I think it was either Lawrence or Sibley, I'm not sure, in the second half where he's gone for, for a curling effort. Um, it's it's a bit of an unorthodox save with his wrist. I think it was from Samba. And again, it kind of beats it out back into that danger zone. Like you say, it's not really where you want it, but... Um, unfortunately, Derby's attacking prowess uh, is not, you know, the killer instinct's not there, and you know it's not it's not put to bed. But it's a couple of chances each, um, and quite a fair quite a fair game. 
Yeah, the the opportunity that you, you touched on there, Kellarus, that save where Alex Martin got down the outside of the, his fullback and then crossed it, and Graben flicked it towards goal, the back heel, heading awkwardly towards the corner, and Roos gets down and makes a great save. And then not long after, the equaliser comes. Martin again has the ball on the left-hand side. He rolls it back to Gaetan Bong. His cross comes in. I would say from the Derby point of view, there's a couple of opportunities to clear that ball and they don't. It comes to Brennan Johnson. He hits it first time, goes through the goalkeeper and into the net and it's 1-1. Watching that second half though, did you feel that Forest were going to score? They had a lot of the ball, a lot of the possession, but did you feel confident that Derby would see the game out or were you kind of sat there worrying that, that Derby would, uh, would concede the equaliser? Corey, how did you feel? Yeah, definitely. I think... I was worried and concerned that Forrest were going to get equalized. We saw this a few weeks ago when Derby played Peterborough. Derby had got the goal, Jack Stretton had scored, and then Peterborough had made a couple changes. And they couldn't, Derby couldn't deal with the changes. They couldn't deal with the different tactics, and Peterborough went on to win that game. And I had very much the same feeling. I think going into halftime, I was very confident. I thought, yeah, Derby's got a – not confident because it's the EFL, right? Things are going to happen in these Derby games. But you feel like, yeah, you're in pretty good stead. We played really well the first 45 minutes. This is going to be this is going to be a cracking second half, and hopefully Darby can do it. But the introduction of Mighton really changed things for Forrest, um, and then the introduction of Graben made him a little bit uh, stronger attacking wise. Anyway, but I think Mighton was the key player for for Forrest, and it begs the question, Steve, from a Forrest perspective, why didn't Alex Mighton start that game? Um, and then, yeah, you just you just felt on the balance of play the way that. Forest were Forest really were dominating in that second half. A lot of the attacks were going towards Jason's end in the south stand, as a lot of the attacks in the first half were. Um, it was kind of like the pitch was kind of slanted that way. All the action was kind of down there. And, yeah, you just kind of felt like, yeah, Forest are going to get opportunities here. They have experienced players like Lyle Taylor. I'm not his biggest fan, but he's at this level for a reason. He's been at this level for a reason for a long time. Lewis Graben knows where the back of the net is. Um, Brennan Johnson knows where the back of the net is. Alex might knows where the back of the net is. So you, you sit there and you think, okay, they've got some difference makers. They've got some players that, that, can, that can put the ball in. And then this Derby defense, yes, well experienced and yes, uh, seasoned and experienced is, is a polite way of putting that. Um, and, and, and how they've tied it up since last year, they will always give a team a chance. Jason and I have been saying this for well over a year. The Derby will always give them a, a chance, whether it's a defender or a goalkeeper or something like that. And and this, and they took their chance when it came to them. I think the substitution from Rooney was a bit odd to bring on a young left back Lee Buchanan instead of, you know, again, seasoned pro Richard Stearman. Buchanan didn't really pick up Johnson when the ball came back out. He he kind of picked him up late, and then Johnson just just took the ball early again. And and Roos, who had made a world class save, as Jason said moments earlier, five minutes earlier, or so that basically was like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, didn't get down and, and could be as equally disappointed as Bryce Samba was in the first half to, to not, to not keep that out because I'm not going to say it's a routine save because I'm not a professional goalkeeper, but you would expect a professional goalkeeper to, to do a little bit better with that, whether it's rebounding it back into, back into the mixer or pushing it around the post, you'd expect him to get something on it. He didn't, it went in. Um, and then I guess Darby, I guess from then on, I was kind of like, we just need to tactically shut up the shop here and then, and keep our point and go home because we have to get points on the board. Who would you say would be the most happy with the with the result? Do you think it's both teams are pretty happy 50-50 or how, how would you read it from that point of view? 
I think from a Forest perspective, I think they would be happy with the point because from a losing position, it kind of feels like a win, a late goal um, in a derby game to equalize feels like a victory. You go into an international break. We know Chris Hewton wants to sign players. Um, so I, I think that Forest are happy. And I think from a, from, a, from a derby perspective, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I can see where they would be disappointed in um, not getting the three points, having been ahead, having played so well in that first half, being at home. Um, and not not being clinical enough to finish off your chances. But on the flip side of that, <clears throat> Darby are Rooney's getting the best out of this squad that he can. The squad's very limited. We know that the squad needs additions. We know that there's a transfer embargo on, and, and he can't really do much. He's getting what he can out of this squad. And I think with that, you know, that's a positive. I think the other positive is it's another point for me. Um, the way I look at it, it's another point on the board to this magic nine-point number. Um, for any potential EFL charge that could come down. So it gets you one point closer to that. Obviously, you would have loved three because that would have put you on eight. But, you know, six is better than five in my eyes. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think it's a mixed bag for Derby. They, they would be disappointed they couldn't win it, but they would be happy with the fact that they did get something out of the game um, due to the limited squad. Yeah, and where do you see things going for Derby next? Obviously, there's an EFL ruling that could be settled in the next few days and the potential for a points deduction. But where do you see a result like this and a performance like you put in against Forest taking you for the rest of the campaign and certainly the games to come after the international break? I mean, it's, it has been positive. I've seen nearly every game so far. Uh, there's there's definitely a difference between the derby of now and the derby of last season. Um, there is more confidence there. It's all going to be, I, I mean, the, the general consensus coming out is that, you know, there will be no new players coming in. Um, obviously, the charges that come from the EFL, whatever they may, may well be, will, will come. That will, you know, if it's a big enough penalty, that's bound to add extra pressure you know they'll turn around and say it's not it won't but it, of course it will it, it's got to um I, I think currently this can only take derby so far we we've seen what one or two injuries can do we saw yesterday tom lawrence was taken off because of injury and i think i'm not saying that was the only reason that the game swung but you could see for obviously forest made changes it, the game started to swing Forrest have got, have got that quality to bring off the bench to make a difference in a game when, when it needs to. Derby don't at the moment, other than gambling on 18-year-olds. Um, as Corey mentioned, they're not quite sure why they didn't bring on more defensive reinforcements at 1-0 with 10 minutes to go, but hey, that's a tactical decision. But at 1-1 with, you know, with eight, nine minutes to go, 10 minutes to go, whatever it was, Forrest were in the ascendancy because they'd got the fresher legs on, they'd got the more experienced players on, on there where Derby could have made all three changes at that one time and it, it wouldn't have had an effect on the game really because it, it, that's just the difference at the minute. Derby need bodies through the door. But yeah, playing like that's great. We've all, you know, what more can you expect? As long as you've got, you know, a, a team playing with passion, playing with pride, playing for the shirt, which it feels like they're doing. Um, it's very difficult to get on the backs when things aren't going right. And at times last season, obviously, I know there were no fans there, but certainly over social media and things like that, you know, the team obviously were on a really bad, bad, bad run, run of form towards the end of that season. And it wasn't really until that last final game that, you know, the fans actually got behind got behind the team that they were being slated left right and center it feels that this season's been a little bit different because you know they they're getting daggers from every direction you know what they don't want it is for is from their own fan base so 
this that will take them so far. You know that that could be worth an extra couple of points over the course of the season. But it's only going to take one or two injuries, and Derby are in real trouble. As we, as we mentioned, CKRs and Sam Baldock. CKR will be out till after Christmas, we think. Um, Sam Baldock will probably be back after the international break, but then you've still only got one recognised uh, striker. Um, and you are relying on an unbelievable amount of good luck to keep the same 11, because that's what we've got, Steve. We've got 12, I think it is at a push, 12 players who, who have got experience in the championship. So it is the same 11, near enough, week in, week out. And you know, the championship's a gruesome league. It's, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for them to keep up with that. I mean, fingers crossed they do, but I personally think they're going to need more bodies to, to see it out, unless, unless you know, a miracle happens. I think it's still going to be a bit of a struggle. So whilst the confidence is up, it, it, as you know, it's chances like yesterday where Derby have got to make the most of them, and you, know, you could argue that the three points were there for them, and you know they ju- they just didn't take it, and they're not going to be able to afford to make to miss too many opportunities. I think this season. Yeah, when you you talk there, Jason, and and you're saying you essentially got eleven players with experience of the league, that shows you the the scale of the situation at Derby and kind of what's. What the real what the realism is there right now, and what you're fighting against, and everybody is expecting a tough season, but I think there are plenty of positives to be taken from a performance like yesterday, and I suppose in some ways the more experience those young players get, the better it just aids their development, and and if you can complement that and just get some bodies into the club one way or another, then. You know, that's where that situation might improve for you. Just finally, before we wrap up, just wanted to get your thoughts on Max Lowe. He's joined Forest this week on loan from Sheffield United. Uh, left back who was on the bench at Pride Park but didn't feature. What can Forest expect from Max Lowe? What kind of player is he? Um, he's... He's a decent left. I can't. I can't knock him. He is a decent left back. I don't particularly think Derby saw a great deal of him at his best. He, he was very in and out of the squad. We were in a position where I think it was Craig Forsyth was out with his third ACL about two years ago, and he came up. He was he was in in and around the team, and he got a bit of a run. And Lee Buchanan, who was kind of coming through at the same time, had a couple of ropey performances um, and he, he got left out of the first team a little bit and they gave it Max Lowe. Defending leaves a little bit to be desired. He's certainly an attacking fullback. He's certainly a lot better going forward. And he, he was just starting to show sparks of, you know, becoming a, a, an accomplished championship player. And then along came Sheffield United with the checkbook and went, well, we want Jaden Bogle. And we went, well, for an extra million pound more, you can, you can have Max Lowe as well. And they went, okay. And, that, and that's basically how it, how it felt that that deal came along. They really wanted one, but they, got, they almost got a bog off offer. Um, and it actually left Derby in a bit of a, a bit of a tough position. Uh, we, we were playing Andre Wisdom at left back, I think, for a bit, which, you know, wasn't great. But it was the pound signs. It was the, the start of, you know, Derby's financial trouble. And I think it was just a case of an offer came in and, and, and they snapped it off. He's, he's not going to, personally, I don't think he set the world alight at Sheffield United either from, from what we've heard. Um, in fact, I don't think him or Jaden Bogle have started in the championship this season for, for Sheffield United. Don't think they played too much in the Premier League. So it, it doesn't surprise me that he's, he's made a move um, 
surprised he's gone to Forest, but they, footballers they have to go where they have to go where they're offered. I suppose I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that, um, especially with him coming through our academy. But he, he's he's decent. Obviously, I don't see as much of Forest as you do. I know you've been playing Gaetan Bong at left back. I can only base him on what I saw from him yesterday. I think Maxwell will give you a bit more than that because I think obviously he's more of a natural left back than Gaetan Bong is. Um, if you can, you know, if the results improve and you start getting a bit of a settled side and he starts getting a few performances, and I think you will see something from Max. He he can certainly run the channel well. He can if that's the way that Hewton wants to play, but. I'm not so sure Hewton really plays in, in that wing back too much that role. So um, we, we, that's the way that he was used at Derby as a wing back. So it, just as a you know a defensive, uh, I don't think the defensive side of his game's the, the strongest point of Max Lowe, is it, Corey? No, and I think Jason, you're dead on there. And Steve, I think the best way you could describe Max Lowe is he's a modern fullback. Um, great going forward, suspect defensively. I think he can stop. He has struggle. He struggles with stopping crosses. Um, at times, uh, one-on-one defending is it's okay. I mean, he's a professional footballer, so it, you know it's not me going on one-on-one defending. Um, but yeah, I mean, fantastic going forward. And I think what you, I think Jason's dead on. He'll provide more for Forrest than Gaetan Bong. Um, and I just think that you know Max is one of those players that if you put him in the team and you just let him sit there and he just can keep ticking over and he gets a good run of games, you'll start to see the best out of Max Lowe. I don't think he's the kind of player that you need to sit there and say, well, he can play in this week and he matches up well this in three weeks time. And then he disappears for a couple of weeks and then he randomly comes off the bench and then starts the next game. Like he's one of those players, like a plug and play. You just got to put him in there, uh, take the good with the bad and then, you know, give him a consistent run of 10, 15 games. And then you'll start to see the best out of him. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously I think, you know, the, the, there's no hard feelings, I think, from my perspective in terms of him going to Nottingham Forest. We knew that they were looking for a left back. I'd rather have Max Lowe than Lee Buchanan. Um, and he went to Sheffield United to get his Premier League move. He played in the Premier League. Fair play to the lad. They've come down. They needed to offload numbers. Forrest offered him a, a deal. So fair play to him. No, no ill will towards the player at all. Um, and I hope he does well for you, Nottingham Forest, because Max has been at Derby County. He was at Derby County from a very young age. And, um, you know, he, he needs to find somewhere to settle. I think he's about 25 now. So he needs to, he needs to, he's kind of in, starting to get into the prime of his career and he needs to find a place where he can settle down and, and play regular first team football. And I hope for him that he can reach his full potential at Nottingham Forest. But um, yeah, I think, I think he'll be a good, I think he'll be a good NASA for Forest, especially give him another option um, down the side. Yeah, and we're we're expecting him to come straight into the team and and be the first choice left back for the rest of the season. Bong was told during the summer that he was free to leave essentially. So the fact he's still in the team and still playing just shows the uh, the imbalance in our squad and the, and the real need to to get a left back in, which we've now done. Corey, Jason, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great talking to you, and probably for the best that it was a one-one draw in the end, and everybody goes away equally happy or unhappy depending on your on your viewpoint but thank you so much guys it's been great steve thank you thank you so much for the opportunity and, and for having us on we, we really appreciate it and um you know hopefully we can catch up later this season you can catch jason and Corey on the rams review podcast thanks again guys sports social podcast network 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.